Welcome to the Bridge Builder Program, an initiative of the Minnesota Catholic Conference, where we help you live your faith in the public arena. I'm Jason Adkins, Executive Director of the Minnesota Catholic Conference, and joining me in studio is our producer and Minnesota Catholic Conference Communications Manager, Kit Sapiniak. Hey, Kit. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in again this week. We hope that you are having a very blessed day. Quick reminder that you can catch us here each week on your favorite Catholic radio station at the same time, or if you miss an episode or if you prefer podcasts, Check us out on your podcast app or even online at mncatholic.org. You can also find all of our past episodes. We're nearing 100 episodes, so make sure to get caught up. You can find all of those online again at mncatholic.org. Leave us a comment or question and make sure to give us a five-star rating. In today's episode, we have a great discussion coming up about what's going to happen with the next Congress, some of the big issues uh, that the next Congress and uh, most likely President-elect uh, Biden will be facing together and how they'll navigate those. We'll be speaking with Anthony Granado from Catholic Charities USA. In our mailbag segment, we're covering a question about the big issues at the state capitol and what's going to come up there in the new year as well when session begins in early January. And of course, we want to leave you with some practical tips on how you can start putting your faith into action. You'll want to have your calendar ready for the Bricklayer segment. We've got an important save the date for you to help you make your voice heard by lawmakers. Wonderful. Thanks, Jason. And listeners, if you have an idea for our Bricklayer segment, maybe it's how you're putting your faith into action, or maybe you just have a question about faith and politics. Send it all our way. Send us an email at show at mncatholic.org, or you could leave us a comment on the podcast episode or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for Minnesota Catholic Conference. We are now blessed to be joined on the line by Anthony Granado. Anthony is a very good and old friend of mine and a, a really a, one of the great Catholic advocates uh, in the Church in the United States. He is Vice President of Government Relations for Catholic Charities USA. Catholic Charities' mission is to provide service to people in need, to advocate for justice in social structures, and to call the entire Church and people of goodwill to do the same. Before working at Catholic Charities USA, Anthony spent a number of years working at the USCCB as a policy advisor, including as director of the Department of Domestic Social Development. Anthony Granado, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for inviting me on. Uh, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here, and it's always great to work with you, so I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, it's a delight. Thanks, Anthony. What Maybe just say a little bit about yourself uh, for our listeners. How did you uh, decide to put your skills and, and devote your professional life uh, to serving uh, both uh, the institutional church but the broader church and her ministries through Catholic Charity and be an advocate, uh, a faith-based advocate, I'll put it that way? Purely by divine providence, because it was never my intention to uh, work in the church. I was actually going to be an academic and teach history or political philosophy or theology. And uh, I started off with the Oregon Catholic Conference right out of graduate school. The Lord had another plan for me, and, um, you know, they hired me. They saw my background, what I'd studied, and made me a lobbyist for the church in Oregon. And I eventually uh, worked for Catholic Charities in, in Portland as well, and then came out here to uh, the D.C. area, Northern Virginia, about 10 years ago, and uh, started at the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, and then... Uh, Back in 2019, um, you know, Catholic Charities USA asked if I'd might consider joining them, and so you know, I I see my 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 background, my trajectory has really been uh, responding to the Lord's call that He had another idea, um, and I was you know to use me uh, and my background and talents to serve Him in the you know the the vineyard of the Lord, uh, particularly on the areas of uh, justice, the common good, human life and dignity, and and supporting the Church's mission in those areas. Anthony, 
I think uh, there's some confusion out there about the role of a faith-based advocate. Uh, there's a separation of church and state, and people are often confused as to why uh, religious organizations uh, lobby or bring their voice into the public square. What difference does a faith-based advocate make? What is the difference between a faith-based advocate and a lobbyist for a trade association, for example? Yeah, Jason, I would say that the, the big difference is, you know, for those of us who work in the nonprofit uh, sector, um, work for charitable organizations and faith-based, you know, there's a mission. There's a mission that is at the center of the work we do. We're not there to get candidates elected. We're not there to uh, support parties, but we're there to, there to support causes. And I once had a question very similar to this question from uh, students in Notre Dame uh, when I was at the, at the uh, U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. And they asked this question, they said, what, is, what makes you different than, say, any other lobbying organization? And I said, the person of Jesus Christ. That is what makes us different. At the center of the mission of people who are working for Catholic institutions, uh, doing advocacy, it is the person of Jesus Christ. We are workers in the, uh, in the vineyard of the Lord, and the mission is to build the kingdom and to promote common good and human dignity of others and, and our world. And uh, that is our mission. And so I would say that is what even separates us from some of our other nonprofit uh, mission-oriented advocates, and that, that is uh, our mission as Christians. There are a number of lobbying organizations or Catholic entities that are doing advocacy work at the federal level, whether it's the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, Catholic Health Association, Catholic Charities, uh, a number of religious orders, Franciscan Action Network, for example, uh, have advocates. What's uh, the specific niche of Catholic Charities? What is the focus of Catholic Charities lobbying and advocacy efforts? Well, as you know, Catholic Charities is the social service arm of the Church in the United States. You know, we've been around for over 100 years, uh, you know, from the beginning, serving uh, orphans, um, children. And uh, we at the diocesan level are the, the, the Church's arm in caring for the least of these, you know, those who are impacted daily by economic struggles, you know, emotional struggles, hunger, uh, this is really the church, uh, the church's arm and, and social justice, and promoting human life and dignity in action every day, and so we carry out a function of the church, but it's really her ministry uh, to care for people in need. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people from volunteers to you know certified, trained professionals who who work for Catholic charities who are carrying out these efforts every day to house people who are homeless, clothe the naked, and feed the hungry. What are the practical, you know, nuts and bolts and things that you have to do to work uh, collaboratively and in a complementary way with other Catholic entities in, in Congress? So we work very closely with a lot of our national Catholic partners, um, USCCB, Catholic Relief Services, Catholic Health Association, and others. And we collaborate, and uh, obviously with the National Association of State Catholic Conference Directors, uh, such as yourself, to carry out these policy endeavors, their federal policy that impacts the entire country. So we might look, for example, at uh, nutrition policy, what's happening with that at the Department of Agriculture, and how it might impact Minnesota, for example, or where Catholic Charities agencies in Minnesota. So we're constantly in collaboration and communication with our national partners. We each have a different kind of role. Uh, you know, Catholic Relief Services does the international assistance and development, but Catholic Charities agencies are here on the ground domestically working to help people who are in need. And we collaborate, share resources. Uh, we often join in common letters together and advocacy 
efforts. Um, so it's it's a it's a good effort that uh, brings everyone together uh, with their own talents and gifts. The outgoing Congress, Anthony, is debating a COVID relief bill. What do you see uh, the big issues are and the big considerations that should be in front of Congress as they try to develop a package before the next Congress comes in? Well, I wish they were debating more. And that, <laughs> that's uh, because, the, you know, the sad reality is, you know, many of the provisions uh, from the CARES Act that was passed last March are set to expire at the end of this year. Um, the election, um, petty politics have intervened. Uh, they've intervened, I think, with some of the discussions around uh, a new COVID relief package. And uh, we've been making the message very clear. Sister Donna, our president and CEO, uh, joined by others in the nonprofit world and our National Catholic Partners Union, Congress must act now to pass another COVID relief package, a comprehensive package. And they need to do so before December 31, because many of those key provisions are going to expire you know, the administration, uh, through um, CDC, enacted a moratorium on evictions. That That's done. January 1, that will be done. So without any relief, you're looking at a significant possibility of homelessness, uh, people on the streets. So, you know, we're hoping the conversations are picking up. Uh, we hear some chatter. Um, there's some discussion about provisions making it into a uh, end-of-the-year omnibus uh, funding package. But uh, we'll see. Besides evictions and eviction relief, are there other things that Catholic Charities USA is advocating for in that COVID relief bill? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's a long list. So, I mean, it is a long list. I'll, 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 I'll speak to some of the uh, highlights. Housing, for example, I mentioned the eviction crisis. That, that has to be very key. Uh, there needs to be an extension and a moratorium of evictions. Uh, this country is potentially facing uh, a housing issue in biblical proportions. Uh, we see we need an extension of unemployment insurance. Uh, jobs are not coming back as fast uh, with a rise in COVID cases. There will be further unemployment. People will be getting sick. There needs to be something there for people. Uh, nutrition, another key piece for us is the delivery of nutrition assistance. I'll give you an example. Catholic Charities DC in the first month of COVID saw an 80% increase in demand for food service. That's going to be key. Uh, the extension of telehealth services, absolutely, as you can imagine. Uh, people are, um, they're, they're suffering. They're depressed. Uh, they've lost jobs. Uh, we've seen cases of data that uh, opioid abuse is up again, alcoholism, domestic violence. Uh, but people can't see each other face-to-face. So extending that and expanding telehealth is, is very key. Uh, we've also asked for support, uh, as many other nonprofits, uh, actual support for nonprofit organizations, frontline workers, and protective equipment, uh, financial assistance, expanding the charitable deduction, because nonprofits, Catholic charities agencies, and others, dioceses, parishes, many are on the front line, and they participate in the same economy as everybody else. So that, that assistance is necessary. So uh, doing more with the uh, Paycheck Protection Program, I think, will be necessary as well. I mean, there are many other provisions, but those are some of the top highlights there. Well, those are. It's really important for our listeners to know what the key questions are, and and no one, few people have time to follow all the dynamics of every piece of legislation and all the challenges we're facing. So, for you to helpfully uh, identify the key ones, especially in this big discussion about COVID relief, is very important. Anthony, beyond the the, the very pressing COVID-related issues, what do you see are the big bigger structural or policy reforms that Catholic Charities USA might be advocating for in the next Congress? 
So I think COVID is really going to uh, cast a light over a lot of what Congress, the 117th Congress, is going to be doing and the new administration. I think until uh, the vaccine uh, takes effect, um, whenever that might be, uh, we'll be needing economic stimulus. So I think that that's going to be key is um, monitoring that uh, funding for, you know, the federal government on key programs. Uh, I think, um, you know, the issue of refugee resettlement is one I'll bring up. The the current administration has um, brought to historic lows the number of refugees coming into the country. The uh, presidential termination, as you know, was about 15,000 historic lows, and that has had a great impact on the Catholic Church's ability to serve people in need. And so we're asking that a minimal of about 100,000 refugees be considered as as a number for this uh, next time the presidential termination comes around. We think uh, um, funding generally and appropriations going into the new year uh, is going to be a key factor. But our number one issue, I would say, that um, that we really are going to be focusing on my team, and that is going to be housing, and that is long-term housing stability. Um, again, I can't, under, I can't underline how important the issue of housing will be in the coming months. So those are just some of those top issues. You know, one of the things we also uh, reissued recently was our um, 2008 pastoral um, paper, or was a policy paper, rather, on uh, poverty and racism. And underlying a lot of these issues are questions of, of economic and racial justice. And so we're going to be using that lens also in looking at how um, policies are impacting particularly vulnerable people. Now we have a unique uh, opportunity uh, for Catholic uh, advocates in that we have a an incoming president who, as Archbishop Gomez has described, is the second president to, quote, profess the Catholic faith. Um, what challenges and opportunities do you see uh, President Biden uh, having for uh, the church in the public arena? I think, that, you know, I mean, there's some good opportunities there. Uh, I've been in contact with, with the Biden transition people. Um, you know, we congratulated them as the USCCB and other did, others did, and as uh, it's clear that uh, he is the president-elect. Um, so, you know, we plan to work very closely with them. We're putting together our transition team and our transition uh, policies. And uh, so I think there's opportunities, particularly on areas for serving low-income persons. I think immigration policy, refugee policy, there will be some great uh, benefits there. Um, I think him working with a Congress uh, that didn't exactly, the election didn't exactly go how many people thought. Um, It is likely the Senate will be be retained by the Republicans. And uh, Republican uh, women of color, for example, uh, did pretty well in the House. In fact, the Republicans picked up many, many seats. Uh, I want to say a good nine seats plus uh, in the House. Um, that the Democrats control the House is also helpful for us to some extent, and, and particularly in the areas of, um, you know, services for low-income people. But the other challenges, I think, that uh, Archbishop Gomez also brought out is questions, the neurologic questions around life and religious freedom. And so we'll be monitoring those. You know, there is a, a current case, uh, Supreme Court case, Fulton versus the city of Philadelphia, in which uh, a Catholic Charities Agency is is uh, is in that case on the service of um, uh, foster care. So that's something we'll be watching as well. The the church has really been at the forefront of defending religious liberty, and I'm glad you mentioned the Fulton case. Uh, is really describing as our freedom to serve. 
Uh, how, how does Catholic Charities navigating some of these questions and thinking strategically about the challenges that may be ahead with the expansion of anti-discrimination laws, particularly in the context of shelters um, and other services, adoption services that Catholic Charities entities around the country uh, provide? So, you know, we have been basically saying that having Catholic Charities and other Catholic entities as part of the common good, as part of serving people in need, that is a positive for our nation. And we're asking that, that you know, we've enjoyed a collaborative relationship with public sector for, for decades in serving people in need in communities. And so what we ask is the freedom to serve according to our own consciences, according to our own values, in a collaborative way. Um, and uh, that's something I think is very important, um, you know, that our rights of conscience are protected and that we're able to serve because at the end of the day we're talking about people in need who are impacted if for example catholic charities agency is no longer able to carry out a function of service that only impacts low-income clients that impacts the vulnerable so we we're asking that we be allowed to continue to function uh to serve as we have for for decades for for many years and so we'll be continuing to monitor and advocate for uh, the ability to serve people in need. Wonderful. What uh, tips, Anthony, do you have for Catholics who want to be more engaged in the public policy process, who want to make their voice heard but don't have the first idea where to start? Well, at the state level, I would say go to your state Catholic conference, you know, like in Minnesota, of course, Jason and your team. Um, learn about what's happening in the local level, uh, what's going on at the state level, what's happening in your own community, um, what are the Catholic networks available to you, whether it's through Catholic Charities or State Catholic Conference. Uh, learn about the federal issues, what's happening in Congress, what is the USCCB and Catholic Charities USA doing in these areas. But underneath that, I think you know people need to familiarize themselves with our Catholic social teaching tradition. It's a rich tradition. I think there's a lot of um, things there that people will find surprising about how the Church engages with with Caesar, with the public sector, from our faith tradition. And uh, I think it's it's at the heart. You know, I, I'm I'm reminded of Pope Benedict XVI's comment in Deus Caritas. Es. He says the Church cannot stand on the sidelines of history in the fight for justice and. That applies not just to the institutional church, but for, for every baptized Catholic. You know, we have a role to build the kingdom of God and to promote human life and dignity at the local and national and global levels, even. I think the message has begun to sink in, especially in this neck of the woods, that people's moral agency can best be exercised, political agency can best be exercised at the local level, that legislators and elected officials are more accessible but there's still a skepticism about Congress and how to engage Congress effectively. Folks feel as though their representatives are very distant from the process, that it's uh, essentially conducted by a few key power players and everyone's sort of along for the ride. But what lessons have you learned about effective ways to engage with, for citizens to engage with their congressional representatives? Well, I think part of it is the numbers, right? So if, I mean, there's, what, 65, roughly 70 million Roman Catholics in the United States Correct, on, a good, yeah. on a good day. And, uh, you know, to learn about those advocacy networks that are out there, whether it's with your state Catholic conference or whether it's signing up with Catholic Charities USA, uh, we would certainly welcome that as being part of our network and receive our weekly um, Washington Weekly report. 
we send out action alerts to people at the local level or people who sign up to give them opportunities, offer them opportunities to engage with their members of Congress. Um, and so there, though, that, I think, is key because uh, there is a, I think there is a sense that uh, Congress is removed from the daily lives of people. But I do know in Congress, when, when I go to the Hill, um, you know, they are, they are checking. They write down numbers every day, how many constituents called in. So they're checking. They want to know who's called in from where, who's contacted them on what. So I wouldn't underestimate the ability for uh, Catholics, say, in Minnesota, to come together through their uh, church's advocacy agencies to bring that message to Congress. They are listening. And uh, as me, as an advocate in D.C., my influence over a member in Congress is actually less than a constituent. They will want to hear from a constituent nine times over and ten over hearing from me. So I think that's something uh, key to remember. And lastly, I would say, you know, when we're done with COVID and there's still the ability to go back uh, into actual face-to-face lobbying, there are other opportunities to come to Washington for different conferences uh, and in Hill Days, uh, so bringing in uh, constituents and people from the local community to go to Congress and meet with staff or members um, to bring that message to Congress. Outstanding. Anthony Granado is one of our very finest Catholic advocates and the very definition of a Catholic gentleman. Anthony, where can people go to learn more about Catholic Charities USA's advocacy work and the good work that Catholic Charities does in the community? Absolutely. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it, and uh, I appreciate your kind words. But, yeah, CatholicCharitiesUSA.org. Again, that's CatholicCharitiesUSA.org. You'll see uh, not only the advocacy areas, but many of the areas of response that Catholic Charities is is conducting throughout the country. Uh, disaster response is something that's very key for us. So the hurricanes and you know fires, uh, absolutely part of the mission of Catholic Charities. So yes, CatholicCharitiesUSA.org to learn more. Wonderful. Anthony Granado, very th- grateful for your presence on the Bridge Builder Day. Thanks so much for joining us and know of our prayers for your good work. Thank you, Jason. And we'll be back in a moment with our mailbag segment. Welcome back to The Bridge Builder, where we help you bring your faith into the public arena. I'm Jason Adkins, Executive Director of the Minnesota Catholic Conference, and now it's time to open up the mailbag and see what comments and questions you've been sending our way. Kit, what's in this week's mailbag? Yeah, the Minnesota legislature is going back into its regular session in January. We know they've been in session, special sessions, uh, I believe nearly every month throughout COVID. But with them going back into regular session, one listener wants to know, what issues should Catholics keep an eye on? What's on our radar for this session? Well, typically in the odd years of a legislative biennium, and our, our legislative sessions are two years long, in the odd years, the legislature has to come up with a budget. So we have a budget that we create for the next biennium that begins, uh, the next budget biennium would begin July 1st, 2021, and end uh, June 30th, 2023. So we need to craft, craft a state budget. And our constitution is unique, and it requires the state legislature to create 
uh, balanced budget. And that's really a difficulty uh, because you got to make sure all the revenues and the expenditures line up. And so there's a lot of dependence on the state budget forecasts that come out periodically when legislators make their budgeting decisions. But that is going to be the dominant issue uh, at the Capitol. The odd years are the budget years, and oftentimes we describe the even years as the policy and the bonding years. That's the focus of our legislators' work. But we're facing a budget deficit, and we're not sure exactly how great that budget deficit will be. It will likely be somewhere in the billions, uh, multiple billions. Um, and there are a lot of factors how that will shake out. How how big is that deficit? Will there be any federal funding or any federal bailouts for the states? And depending on the size of that deficit and any pending bailouts, um, that will shape the budget discussions. And there will be tense negotiations as to whether or not to raise taxes and what kind of taxes to raise, what kind of revenues to raise, what programs uh, to make cuts around. Uh, our advocacy uh, when it comes to spending cuts is to put a circle of protection around key programs that protect the poor and the vulnerable. We shouldn't be balancing the budget on the backs of uh, low-income families, and so we're going to be putting and working to put a circle of protection around those key programs. But uh, certainly we acknowledge that some spending decisions and spending cuts will need to be made. What do those look like, and what are the priorities that we use um, when we make those budget decisions? And the church is always advocating for a preferential option for the poor and vulnerable. So those are going to be the big issues that shape uh, 2021. Certainly there will be some policy discussions about key questions, how to use the expansion of gambling or legalization of recreational marijuana. Can those be used to plug the budget? We'll certainly be opposed to legalizing vice to create sources of revenue. That just harms the human person and harms the common good. Uh, But uh, those are going to be attractive options for legislators, especially since there's large support both for uh, recreational marijuana and gambling expansion. So some difficult choices and opportunities ahead, but it's going to be a big budget year in 2021 at the state capitol. Uh, People can follow those discussions and what's going on and how they can take action through the Catholic Advocacy Network at mncatholic.org. Again, you can sign up at mncatholic.org. Thanks, Jason. And yeah, everyone, make sure to sign up. We send out alerts where you can take action and just try to keep you updated throughout session. And Jason, in our bricklayer segment this week, what do we have for maybe a practical tip that people could really start to put their faith into action? At the top of the show, we told you to have your calendar at hand to save an important date. Mark your calendars now for Thursday, April 15th, 2021. That's when we are bringing back our incredibly popular event, Catholics at the Capitol. The biannual event hosted by the Minnesota Catholic Conference is the number one opportunity for Catholics across the state to meet their legislators and make their voices heard by talking to them about issues impacting life and dignity. In fact, this year's theme is On Mission for Life and Dignity. The program lasts an entire day on April 15th, and uh, what uh, irony of hosting it on tax (laughs) tax return day, April 15th, is we're going to be talking about taxes and budgets. The morning program, which will be at the uh, St. Paul Cathedral, the Cathedral of St. Paul, is dedicated to preparing you to be sent on mission for life and dignity. The day starts with Mass at the Cathedral to form you in the faith. Mass will be followed by a morning program at the Cathedral filled with inspiring speakers, such as Obianaju Ekeocha, founder of Culture of Life Africa and an internationally renowned pro-life champion. 
We'll also be blessed to hear from Archbishop Jose Gomez, the president of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, coming all the way to us from Los Angeles. Not only will you be inspired that day, but you'll be informed on the issues that are facing our lawmakers at the Capitol, and you will learn and be equipped to effectively speak with them about issues impacting life and dignity. Following lunch, we send you on mission for life and dignity to the Capitol. But this is no ordinary sending. This year, we're bringing Christ physically with us to the Capitol in a Eucharistic procession from the cathedral down the street to the Capitol. If you can't make the walk, we'll have shuttles available. So now that you've been formed, informed, and sent that afternoon, it's our time to transform the state. Catholics at the Capitol 21 will be an opportunity along with other Catholics from your legislative district to meet your legislators. As a missionary disciple, you will be advocating for policies that uphold life and dignity in our state. You don't want to miss this incredible day. That's the long and the short of it. Make sure to visit catholicsatthecapital.org. Again, catholicsatthecapital.org for details and answers to many of your frequently asked questions. Registration is opening in December, so to make sure to start telling your friends, family, and fellow parishioners. That's all the time we have for today. For everyone listening on your podcast app, make sure to follow or subscribe so that you know when the next episode comes out. Also, let us know your thoughts on today's episode. Leave us a comment on the podcast or contact us, show at mncatholic.org, show at mncatholic.org. Then send us your ideas for the bricklayer segment. How might Catholics start to build the bridge between faith and public life? Remember to catch up on past episodes at mncatholic.org slash podcast. Again, mncatholic.org slash podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today to The Bridge Builder. We'll be back again next week with another great guest. More of your comments and questions and a new way for you to build bridges between faith and politics. I'm Jason Adkins, and for Kit Sapiniak for the Minnesota Catholic Conference, thanks so much for listening, and have a blessed day.